0: Well, again, good morning, everyone. Just a couple of announcements uh, to share with you uh, before we begin. Uh, Today is the seventh birthday of Angela Groneveld, member of our congregation. Uh, Angela is the uh, granddaughter of Jack and Diane Edwards, Uh, seven years old today. And uh, if you know Mark and Cheryl Sheehan... They welcomed a new grandson today, early this morning. Uh, They are elated, and Mark and Cheryl are headed down to Southern California to see this new addition to their family. Uh, The boy's name is Landon, Landon Inarda. Um, So Lori Ann, Mom, and the rest of the family are doing well. Uh, We will remember both of these people, both Angela and Landon in our prayers today. We have there, look at the uh, announcement page and check out the Lenten plans that we have there. Our Ash Wednesday service will be on the 14th on Valentine's Day, is Ash Wednesday this year. We have a service here in the sanctuary at 7.30 in the evening uh, that will include the imposition of ashes on forehead and uh, Holy Communion as well. And then usually we meet on Wednesdays um, during Lent over in the Fellowship Hall for a light dinner, and we have been meeting here in the sanctuary for a time of worship afterwards. We're going to keep it all over in the Fellowship Hall this year uh, and have the time from 6.30 to 7.30, so hope you can join us for that time. We'll have a light meal and a devotional time over there. Um, We'll be focusing on the Lord's Prayer this year. Uh, Yesterday, uh, many gathered here in the afternoon to celebrate the ordination of Caitlin Jensen into the uh, ministry of the ELCA. Um, It was a wonderful time uh, that we had together, and we will remember Caitlin in our prayers this morning as well. Is there anything else that uh, should be mentioned before we begin with our worship? Anything else? Then welcome, and I invite you to stand as you are able for our opening call to worship. We will see throughout our service today a theme of thirst and water, and so we read from Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? O Lord, our God, we gather together in this place, dedicated to the worship of you, dedicated as a place where we can come together as those who have been called by you. And we pray, O Lord, that you would quench our thirst today, that you would fill us with all that we need so we can leave this place and invite others to come and have their thirst quenched as well. Be with us this day. May we recognize your presence. Fill us with your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And let us rejoice indeed. Let's join together in song as we sing multiplied. Seated, and I invite the children to come forward for the children's message. Come on down, kids. We have four of you at my count today. And for those of you who are looking at the bulletin, I am not Alyssa McCoy, but Alyssa is going to uh, do the children's sermon next week. We had a switch and change of hands a little bit. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit. Uh, I was remembering to win a long, long time ago. Now you now and, and you see an old man. But there was a time when I was your age. I was, I was little like you. And I remember that there were good things. I've got some good memories about uh, times when I was a child. Some of those memories are recess free time, forts, have you ever done that? Sleeping in, oh, those were all good memories that I have of when I was a kid. But there's one thing that I remember that I wasn't too happy about, and that was that I was short, that I was short. And I remember that there were some times where there was something exciting going on, and there's a big crowd of people there And because I was short, I couldn't couldn't see. I couldn't see what was happening. I couldn't see what was going on. I couldn't see above the tall people in front of me, and I couldn't make my way around them to get where the action was. I couldn't wait till I got taller so that I could see above the crowds and see what was going on for myself. Well, in the Bible, there are people who want to see Jesus. They've heard all about him, they've heard about his amazing miracles, the good things he was doing, his teaching, and his, the love and grace that he was showing, but they wanted more. They wanted to get to Jesus themselves. They wanted to see for themselves uh, Jesus up close and personal. They wanted to have sort of a front row seat. Now, when you go to Sunday school, your teachers are kind of helping you out. Um, Your teachers are, in a sense, lifting you up so you can see Jesus. In a sense, they're putting you on their shoulders to help you see Jesus. But even at your young age, you can grow up in your faith, and you can come to see Jesus for yourself. For when you open the Bible and you start to read uh, the Bible, you come to know Jesus and his wonderful words, his amazing actions. Um, When you read the Bible, something amazing happens. Those crowds in front of you, those crowds in front of you part, and you can make your way forward and get a front row seat and see Jesus for yourself. In the Bible this morning, we will read... <clears throat> where somebody says, We no longer believe because of what you said, but we have seen for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Well, let's pray together, and I'll send you off to Sunday school. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for my Sunday school teachers, those who lift me up so I can see you. Help me to grow in my faith so I can get a front row seat and see you for myself. Amen. Okay, thank you for coming up, kids. Next week you get Alyssa. It'll be much better. And I invite you uh, to stand as we continue with our prayer of confession and word of forgiveness <clears throat> we begin with a time of meditation as we come into god's presence and examine our hearts and now i invite you to join with me in prayer gracious lord we have cho- we confess before you that we have failed to live as your servants we have chosen to live our lives for ourselves according to our own desires We've chosen to be our own masters, instead of following you as our Lord. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive our sins, and make us whole again. We read in Holy Scripture that God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. For the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, God forgives the sins of those who believe and trust in him. Dearly beloved of God, hear the good news today. For Jesus' sake, your sins are fully forgiven. God has cleansed your heart to serve him in purity and in faithfulness. Amen. You may be seated. We continue with our songs of praise. We sing, All of You is more than enough for all of me, for every thirst and every need.
1: Sing. In all of you is more than.
0: Father, your Son once welcomed an outcast woman because of her faith. Give us faith like hers, that we also may trust only in your love for us, and may accept one another as we have been accepted by you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the reading of God's Word for today. Our lecture this morning is Darrell Canem.
2: Good morning. Our first reading from God's Word is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The reading begins on page 11 of the Red Bibles. In this passage, Abraham called Abram here in chapter 12 receives God's threefold promise for the first time. God promises to bring him into a new land to give him many descendants and, through his descendants, to bless all nations. Jesus, a descendant of Abraham, is the one in whom this promise finds its final fulfillment. Genesis 12, 1 through 7 The Lord had said to Abram, He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Here ends the first reading for today. Our next reading is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the believers in Rome, chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. The reading begins on page 1180. In this passage, Paul points out that the righteousness attributed to Abraham was based not on any works that he accomplished, but solely on his faith in the one who had made the promises to him. Romans 4, 1-8 What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works wage, to the one who works wages are not credited as a gift but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Here ends our second reading.
0: Thank you, Daryl. I'm going to uh, invite you to remain seated for the gospel today for 42 verses in John's Gospel. You're welcome. Uh, The Gospel for today, according to St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning with the first verse. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had (coughs) gone... Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, Four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, the reaper your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. You may remain seated. Well, how many of you were here yesterday for the ordination of Caitlin Jensen? Raise your hand. All right. So not very many of you. So I can feel free to preach the same sermon I preached yesterday, huh? (laughs) Uh, At the uh, early service, I had about 80% of the people raise their hand. And so then I asked if anybody would like to come forward and repeat what I had said the day before. um, Yeah. Well, um, so this will be a little bit different from yesterday, although some people said they heard the same thing, so I don't know what that means. Well, we will see it in the game later on today. You know what I'm talking about. We will see those water boys, although I'm not sure they call them that anymore, but they'll have those big plastic bottles with those long tubes sticking out of them, long enough to stick through the helmet armor uh, to give fluids to the soldiers down on the field. Well, can you recall a time in your life when you were really thirsty, when your mouth was dry, you could hardly swallow, you were parched, you longed for something to drink, and you began to experience symptoms that were not good because you needed that water? Edward Abbey, in his book, Desert Solitaire, describes a scene where he was hiking down into the Grand Canyon. He was not prepared for the journey. And when he left the top of the Grand Canyon, it was in the 70s. When he got down to the bottom, it was in the 100s. By the time he got near the bottom he said he was so thirsty, he was parched, he was almost faint. And when he got down to the bottom and made his way to the water at the bottom of the canyon, he said he walked into that water, walked into that river, until he was about neck deep and started to drink. He said, I wanted to drink it all. I wanted to drink it all. Let's pray. O Lord Jesus, this morning we read of your offer to this Samaritan woman, your offer of giving her living water. O Lord, as we come before you as thirsty people this day, we pray that you would grant us that water which quenches our deepest thirst. We pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer men. He wanted to drink it all. I felt that way when my faith came alive to me, when those words that had been spoken to me by my Sunday school teachers, by my confirmation pastors, words that were true but never really hit their mark until I heard the words from the lips of Jesus himself. We all know the symptoms of physical thirst. We know how that feels. We also know how it feels to be quenched, to have our physical thirst quenched. But spiritual thirst is a little bit more difficult to put our finger on. It's sort of that je ne sais quoi factor. You don't know what it is, but you know that there's, there's a need there, that spiritual thirst, that heavenly longing. Well, Jesus surprises a Samaritan woman this morning. He surprises her first by initiating conversation with her. Because Jews and Samaritans, as we find in this passage, at best had a truce of silence between them. They kept to themselves. Jesus also surprises her by letting her know that no matter how alone she might have felt, she was not alone but that Jesus knew her. He knew her deep down. And he surprises her once again, extending to her a spiritual hospitality to this one who felt cast away, cast out, relegated to drawing water in the heat of the day. May God surprise you this morning that maybe, just maybe, You will hear the answer to a question you might not even know you have, and grant you the assurance that what you have found in Jesus will quench your deepest thirst, that you no longer feel the compulsion to go drink from wells which will never satisfy. Jesus, Scripture tells us today, Jesus was tired from his journey. I paused as I read that this week. Jesus was tired from his journey, and so he sits down at this well in Sychar. Do you sometimes feel that way? Tired from your journey? Wanting to get off that treadmill? Wanting just to take a breath and slow down? It's good to know, I think, that Jesus felt that way too that Jesus was human. So when we go through times like that, when we too are tired, Jesus knows what it feels like. In that sense, we're not alone. Well, there at the well in Sychar, Jesus meets this Samaritan woman. What do we know about her? Well, we know she's a Samaritan, and the Samaritans were looked down upon by the pure-blooded Jews living in Judea, and those who lived in the north, up in Galilee. The Samaritans, smack dab in the middle, uh, were looked down upon from north and south. This, This person at the well was also a woman, living in the days where women were not equal in that man's world. She was there at the well at the noon hour, the sixth hour of the day. She had been put down, she had been pushed away. She is by herself. This woman also had a reputation. This one of five husbands, this one with whom she, the one she is with is not her husband, she had a reputation. People looked down upon her, not only then, but in generations to come. And quite possibly, this reputation was not deserved. This reputation was unfair, for it's quite possible that this woman had been put out by her husbands at any source of displeasure. It may, may have been very well possible that this woman had been dismissed by her husbands because she could not bear them children, that she was infertile this woman of five husbands and then some. We know that this woman was broken due to her own sin or due to that of others. Notice how this woman's understanding of Jesus changes throughout this chapter. She sees Jesus first simply as a thirsty Jew, a fellow human being, who, although he is different in gender and in race, still shares common humanity with her. He's a thirsty man. Then she comes to know him as a man who is gutsy enough to engage her in conversation. For as we read in the text today, Jews and Samaritans don't do that. But Jesus bridges the gap he does what Pastor Bill Hybels says, crosses the room to speak with her. Then she comes to know Jesus as the one with claims and promises, promises of living water, water that will somehow, some way, quench her deepest thirst and grant her the satisfaction she has been unable to find in her life. This leaves her confused, but intrigued. What might he be talking about? And her ancestor, living water. Could this man be greater than her ancestor, Jacob? Then, then she comes to know Jesus as one who has profound insight. He knows things about her that he could not possibly know. Could he be a prophet? Finally, Jesus tells her he is the Messiah, the promised Christ, the long-awaited king. This is the woman's journey. Where are you on yours? How do you see Jesus? What does Jesus mean to you? The reappearance of the disciples interrupts the scene, and the next thing we know As the woman takes off, leaving her water jar behind her. Is this a sign that she has come to discover in Jesus something more? Has she been a recipient of this living water? Such that it is so much greater than anything she could ever put in that water jar which she left behind. And now this woman becomes a worker in God's kingdom. She becomes a disciple. She joins the ranks of Andrew, whom we have already heard about in John's Gospel. Andrew, who goes to find his brother Simon and tells him, we have found the Messiah. This woman joins the ranks of Philip, who found his friend Nathaniel and said, come and see. This woman goes to her townspeople, this woman, Samaritan, Disciple, She says, come see a man who told me everything about myself. Could this be the Christ? Her witness was forthright and honest, simple and profound. And her witness was effective. Jesus knows me. This was her confession. Jesus knows me. I came to know that truth as well. In my life. And when I came to know that truth, my loneliness was gone. For I've come to know the one who knows me, who loves me, and who has promised to be with me always. What a joy of discovery! I once was blind, but now I see. At Caitlin's ordination yesterday, if you were here, we celebrated God's calling upon her life. It was truly a time of joy and celebration. But as Caitlin knows, as a good and well-trained Lutheran, she knows that her calling from God is no more or no less important than God's calling in your life. Luther had a well-developed theology of vocation. Vocation, that word that comes from, its root word comes from call, the calling of God. Luther's rather famous example is that he says the woman scrubbing the kitchen floor is doing a work just as holy, just as great as a bishop preaching a sermon in a cathedral. Vocation, the calling of God. And the truth is, each one of us has our own call from God. Each one of us has a vocation. And as you live out your hours in God's sight and for God's purposes, and come to recognize God's call on your life, your calling is just as important, just as valuable as any clergy person. In fact, it would be a grave mistake to think that God's work is solely done by pastors. For after the service yesterday, as we cleaned up here in this space, I made my way over to the fellowship hall to join in the reception. And what did I find as I passed through the kitchen to see if there were any treats in there? I found a group of women, dressed in red, working away. And their work indeed added joy to the celebration that was taking place. Their service was just as important, for it was done for the community and brought blessing to us all. Well, your efforts, too, as you pour your heart into, pour your heart into your work for the Lord, your efforts are just as valuable. Many believed in this woman's testimony. And they were moved to come out of their town and to make their way to Jesus to see for themselves if Jesus was the real deal. More than that, they added to this woman's testimony. For Jesus was not just a thirsty Jew asking for a drink. He was not just a gutsy Galilean bridging the conversational gap. He wasn't just a man with claims and promises. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a Messiah for the Jews. They had told her, we have come to know that this one is the Savior of the world. Savior of Jews, of Samaritans, and then some. Think of what the woman said. Come see a man who told me everything about myself. Could this be the Messiah? It was an imperfect witness, but how very powerful. Others came to faith, and they continued to grow as they came to learn from Jesus himself. So take heart that your witness, your witness today, is enough, and your witness has no bounds. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So I'm going to give you just a few things to take with you today as you think about your own witness to others in your life. A couple things to think about. First, like Jesus, seek common ground. Jesus and this woman had a common physical thirst. You can always find something in common with another person. Find something in common. Seek common ground. Second is courageously bridge the gap. Step out of your comfort zone. As Jesus, a Jew, bridged the gap to speak to this Samaritan. Third is listen well. Take an interest in the other. You may not be a prophet, And as you open your ears and really listen to someone else, you can gain insight into what's going on deep down and foster a more significant conversation. And the closer you get, the more important it is that you take greater care. For people are touchy. People don't like their vulnerability to be exposed. Even in the passage before us today, we get a sense that when Jesus lets this woman know that he knows what's going on in her life, she kind of takes a step back. <laughs> and Jesus got just a little bit too close, maybe, and she starts talking in very general terms. Well, you Jews say this, but we Samaritans say this. She becomes vulnerable, and maybe she fears that Jesus will be just like all the other men in her life, that he would take advantage of her vulnerability, berate her, humiliate her. The closer you get, the more important it is that you take great care. And then, when it's your turn to speak, speak of how Jesus has touched your life. Action. Be real Be a witness in word or in action. Share what Jesus means to you. And point them in the right direction. Point them to Jesus. Invite them to come and see. And finally, entrust that person into God's care. It's not your job to convert someone. It's your job to be a witness. Conversion is the work of God. Well, today, many of us will watch a few soldiers on the field. It's a community event. And even if you're not a fan, it's probably not a bad idea to watch. So you can better connect with those in your community. But something much less celebrated, at least according to our earthly standards, will be happening all around this glorious globe today. There will be soldiers for Christ about his mission, speaking, caring, loving, serving, building up the people of God and the kingdom of God, showing others where they have found living water, living water that quenches humanity's deepest thirst. To God alone be the glory. Amen. Almighty God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of living water that refreshes us spiritually to our greatest need. And we pray, O Lord, that we would continue to drink deeply from your word, that your Holy Spirit would fill us and grant us more than sufficiency for the work you call us to do. These things we pray in Jesus' name.
1: Words
0: Words. please words of life, words of hope. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And now let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we give you thanks that you have come to refresh us with the life-giving water. Again, we pray that you would help us to drink deeply to receive that spiritual satisfaction. Lord, in your mercy. On this day, we lift before you those in need of your healing touch. We pray for Angie Calix, Tony Fulgar, Carrie Casey. Lord, in your mercy. We celebrate with Angela Groneveld and Landon Inarda as they celebrate their birthdays this day. May they come to know that they are treasured in your sight, and that you claim them as your beloved children. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for your church worldwide, especially this day we lift before you First Lutheran in Carlstad, Minnesota, for Pastor Caitlin Jensen, and the work that will be done there in that place and beyond their church walls, that you would bless their ministry and be glorified in it. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all families who grieve, especially the families of Paul Brobst, Margaret Bowman. Lord, in your mercy, as you have invited us to pray for our leaders, so this day we pray for Saratoga Mayor Mary Lynn Bernald and the Saratoga City Council, that you would bless them with strength. And wisdom as they make decisions and serve this community. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray this day that you would help us all in our witness as we share your touch upon our lives. And we pray for your word to go forth in faraway lands, especially for the Stone family in Turkey, the Pixlays in Croatia, the Wicks in Cartagena, the Shalhubs in the Middle East and North Africa. Lord, in your mercy, it is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray with these prayers and any others that we ought to bring before you, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. We continue with our offering. Gracious God, with heartfelt thanks for your abundant provision, we offer to you these gifts from our hands. May they serve to support the ministry and mission of your church, to the honor and glory of your holy name. Amen. And now here in this place, we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, Our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in singing our Lord's Prayer.
1: Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. From the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom, the power.
0: This is the Lord's table. Jesus is the host of this meal, and all are welcome to participate, those who believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Uh, This morning we will be communing in a bit of a different fashion. Uh, The bread this morning has been baked by Caitlin herself. It is all gluten-free. We will all partake of the same. Uh, Because the wine, instead of dipping into the wine, you will receive a, a cup, uh, either uh, wine or grape juice in the center of the tray. You can take your pick, and then there will be an empty tray that you can place your empty cup into, so please come. Of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you in his grace now and forever. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> I want to thank you all for coming out to join us in our worship today and invite you to go and share with others where you have found living water. Let us uh, join together in our sending song, Your Love. <laughs>
1: Younger, a strange connection to the light. I tried to satisfy the hunger, I never got it right. I never got it right. So I climbed the mountain and I built an altar, looked out as far as I could see every day I'm getting older I'm running out of dreams I am running out of dreams your love your love the only thing that matters is your love your love Night is falling you're the song when the heart is singing it's your love you're the eyes to the blind man you're the feet of the lame man walking you're the sound of the people singing Oh, no